Thank you for joining Manners and Other Matters, the podcast which brings you all the insights you need to navigate the intricate world of modern manners and elegant living. I'm your host, Louise Percy, and I'm delighted to be your guide on this journey towards a more refined and gracious way of life. I'm here to share my knowledge and insights with you, and I will also be bringing in a lineup of experts from the worlds of etiquette and elegant living to share their wisdom and experiences. The art of etiquette isn't just about following a set of rigid, traditional rules. It's about fostering meaningful relationships, both in your personal and professional life. Whether you're dining with colleagues, entertaining guests, or simply striving for a more elegant lifestyle. Subscribe to Manners and Other Matters today, and let's explore the world of etiquette, manners, and the pursuit of elegance together. Hello and welcome to Episode 8 of Manners and Other Matters. Today I'm going to be speaking all things fashion and style with my favourite guest, Christine Simmons. And in this episode, we're discussing the nuances of personal expression, exploring the distinction between fashion and style. I hope you enjoy listening as we unravel the threads of individuality and then society's influence and understand how one's choices go beyond trends to create a timeless and authentic personal statement. So Christine and I are going to explore this fascinating intersection of self-expression, culture and the art of making a lasting impression. But first, let me introduce Christine to you. Christine has spoken with me previously about cultural, fashion, style, and in fact, gift wrapping. We chatted before Christmas. Hi, Chrissy. Welcome back. Hi, Louise. Good to be back. Thank you so much. Now, for those of my listeners who haven't heard you speak before, would you please give me a little bit of background about your style influences and and how you came to be renowned as a stylist in not only fashion but also interior design, etc. Well, I think as you know, I I studied at East Sydney Tech, and then I went overseas early in my career, and I was living in Southeast Asia for a long time. A part of which I was working with several different companies, but one being Christian Dior, mm-hmm. and then I returned to Australia, and I've been involved with a lot of different styling companies and uh, working within the fashion industry. And I basically, probably now I'm, I'm working as a lead merchandiser. So that would be where I see a combination of all the things that I've learned over the years. Yeah. And, you know, if you were going to differentiate between fashion and style, especially when it comes to personal expression, and I don't necessarily mean this on an age-related basis or a cultural basis, how would you give some examples? Well, I think an easy one is if you're walking down the street, fashion walks on one side of the street and style walks on the other to a certain degree. So this season we're seeing stripes Mm -hmm. everywhere and most women are embracing stripes in different forms. And just interrupting there, just letting our listeners know that we're actually talking summer in Australia at the moment rather than very cold winter in the Northern Hemisphere. (laughs) Very true. But I feel that, you know, there is a lot of different shapes happening at the moment in linens and voils and you can do, if you you go down the fashion 
side of the street, you'll choose different colors. There's color clash and that works Mm -hmm. and it's all fabulous. If you're sitting on the other side of the street, you might choose to go for a a mid-width stripe, classic linen shirt, Mm -hmm. which you know is just going to take you everywhere. And you know that I wear all the time. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So... You know, it takes you into all these different areas. So you can branch out and try different things. And possibly being summer here in the Southern Hemisphere, pop an extra bit of colour in there. Mm. So well, we can do that. <laughs> and we're actually uh, recording here at the moment, just outside of Perth, Western Australia, at a coastal uh, location. And the sky is absolutely bright blue. The ocean is all different colours of blue and turquoise. And so I must say that with you mentioning that, that, you know, in our southern hemisphere locale that we are at the moment, colour is bold in most of the stores, isn't it? I mean, it's really, it's clear. Yes. clear colour. I really like that. So there's a lot of uh, strong influences this season, I think. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to be interested to see what happens in the northern hemisphere when they start warming up a little bit. Absolutely. In your experience then, Chrissy. How's the definition of style evolved over the years in the fashion industry? I feel that style continues to evolve and be creative. There's winners and some disappointments, always. I love seeing what certain creative directors can excite us with. And when reimagining styling from previous eras, including the use of sustainably sourced and reworked fibres, in classic shapes. Mm. Now, I think this is a key thing going forward that a lot of people are very conscious about and very interested in. I think there's quite a bit of recycling as well. Look, I know that some of the fabulous, particularly Australian designers that I've worn over the years, the Carlos Patties, the Colette Dinigans, for example, now that I'm a little older and my daughter is at the age where she can absolutely wear these beautiful garments that I was wearing 25 years ago, she's regularly complimented because not only are the garments beautiful and they still look great because, you know, there are ways and means that I talk to my clients about looking after things like that, but they're timeless, as you say, and they're classics Mm -hmm. and the fabrics are so beautiful that you can wear them 25 years later and still look completely stylish and up to trend. And feel totally confident. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great. I really like this recycling situation that is going on. And I don't mean because it's for the very, you know, the very expensive garments or anything else. I really love the fact that I can lead by example by handing down from mother to daughter really nice fashion pieces well, that exactly. can be reused. Yeah. You don't have to go and spend huge amounts of money in recycling boutiques. Mm-hmm. And especially when you buy quality, I think, and you buy beautiful pieces of fabric Mm. and simple classic designs, Mm. they're always going to carry through. Well, I know that you're the fabric queen, really. I mean, you know your textures and your fabrics so beautifully that, in fact, I think you've probably been the one who's taught me over the years when we've been chatting with each other about the importance of good fabric when you're purchasing a piece. Mm. It's like you just mentioned about Colette, you know, it's the beautiful lace. Mm. pieces when she did those gorgeous sheath dresses Mm-mm. are timeless. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that one of mine was beautifully embroidered silk that she had obviously made in India, but 
very specifically to stunning designs. Yeah. So let's look on a little bit. And in your opinion, how does the fashion industry impact societal perceptions of beauty and style? Does it? Yes, I think it's it's like fast fashion tends to hit the younger up-and-coming market where they're being saturated by social media mm. and avenues that are being engaged with influencers uh, who are working together with different houses mm -hmm. to bring forward their styling. So I think young people will see the perception mm -hmm. of what they're seeing with the influencers, etc. And I mean, and we all know the fashion houses put together a huge program, mm. which they're using all of these different avenues, which are not necessarily the traditional avenues. Mm -mm. And that is in its own way, teaching and showing and exposing young people mm -mm. that are coming up and looking for their own personal style. So they're able to draw on that and hopefully find something within that that will work for them. And allow them to be themselves with regard yes, to their hopefully. own pers yes. perspective of, of yeah. what beauty is yes. rather than just being told the way that people are supposed to look. And so going back to my situation where I talked about my garments being handed to my daughter, my classics, are there any timeless fashion pieces or style principles that transcend trends? and actually remain relevant across generations. So I know that I've mentioned a couple of pieces that I've given to Olivia, but what's your take on that? Well, I think definitely those things, but also you can look at accessories. I think accessories have a big part to play and, you know, it's a beautiful scarf mm. that you've bought, that you've worn, mm -mm. that you can hand down to your daughter mm -mm. or to a friend, whoever. It's the a handbag that talks about you. Now, we all know about the Kelly bag and, you know, the Birkin bag and all these things. Now, these things all came for a reason mm -hmm. because they were identified with a person. So you don't have to have one of those bags to identify with you. Mm. You know, sometimes it's a colour. You may, you know, and I, I sort of feel like if you're choosing wisely a medium-sized handbag in a variety of brownish hues, step outside and look into a blue mm. or a green mm -hmm. because you'll find that the blue and the green will go back beautifully with most of the colours in your wardrobe and you will only need the one. Mm -hmm. But that will be the signature piece that when you walk into the room, people will see you and that's Louise. <laughs> She's got her bag. You know, it's something that people unconsciously will recognise and associate with you. Because you're actually making it your own style. Yes. You're not exactly. following a fashion trend. No. You are choosing to yeah. do something which is specifically for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really relate to what you're saying about the scarf. In 1977, so, you know, eons ago, almost mid-last century, I made my first visit to Paris and I was taken, I was working actually for a politician at the time and I was taken by somebody who knew Paris really well, to Christian Dior, Rive Gauche. Yes. And I bought a scarf and I still use the scarf mm. all these years later. I and do you enjoy it? I love it. That's You the know, point. I just get such pleasure. And when my daughter sees me in it and she'll say, 
mum ink just suits you so well. The colours that suited you when you were a much younger woman are still really good with you now. And it does give me immense pleasure. It was an investment at the time, but all these years later, still makes me smile. So I think that looking at society implications, you know, going back a bit now to, um, you know, a few minutes ago, when we were saying that recycling is really important, but it doesn't have to be recycled, it can be just almost like regifting. Yes, and sharing. And it's that enjoyment of seeing it in a different, because we, we will all wear it in a different way. Yeah. To a certain degree. As the generations yeah. move on, you know, yeah. I, would, I would love to think that something that I had had that had been passed on to Olivia would actually go to my granddaughter. Yes. I won't be disappointed if it doesn't, but if my granddaughter ends up getting something and thinks, oh, my heavens, you know, this was Lulu's back in the whenever, how super. I mean, it's just really teaching classics. So if you have clients that are coming into one of your boutiques, how do you approach helping them find their own unique style, taking into account their personality and lifestyle? I mean, you obviously don't have a lot of time to assess people, but you're very good at first impressions. Well, I think, you know, it's very conversation, obviously, but trying to identify with a client if they're a print, bold-coloured mm-hmm. person or they are more of a soft tone styling is your starting point. And you can draw on information from their travels, their daily pursuits. Could they be a hat person? Mm, of course. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-mm. And it's just by introducing key words, like we were saying, are, are you a, a small handbag person or do you like to go for that big statement? You know, do you do a hat or you just like complete, no, I can't. Mm. It's not my thing. I don't enjoy it. And we're all so, different. Yeah. Exactly. So you basically, within conversation, you put together, and I think that often not knowing someone mm. is actually uh, more interesting because you, it's not preconceived as to what you think about someone. Of course, yes. Because often we'll say, you know, as friends, we go shopping together and, you know, we all know mm. when your best friend says to you, no, that's not you. And then someone in the store will go, well, I think it looks lovely on her, but you don't know her. Now, no. there's two different sides to that story. That, there is. That's and so if, interesting. if you are looking for a style and you're looking at changing your style, mm. me personally, I'll go with the person that doesn't know me <laughs> because they are seeing something in me that I possibly haven't seen. So true. Mm. So true. I recently changed my hairstyle just for a particular TV thing that I was doing and they decided to have a look at it. And the number of comments I got, oh, Louise, I really like your new hairstyle. Well, it wasn't really a new hairstyle. It was just because, you know, the the makeup lady decided that Mm. she wanted to do that. And I think it's so true. You've just got to sometimes let other people's eyes guide you and give you a different Mm. perception of yourself because it's the way other people see you. Mm. Might not necessarily like it that much, but take it into consideration. Mm. Exactly. When you're looking at And hair style. is always one of those things that we all know. If you're not comfortable with it, it's going to grow back. You mm. can change it, you know. <laughs> so so go out and have a go. Let someone try. And I always take it that the professional people do it every day. So they do tend to know which hair will do what. Absolutely. 
I was intrigued. I find it interesting. I always feel so great coming out of the hairdressers that somebody's actually said to me, do you know what? Do you mind if I just twist this around a bit mm. today? I was go for it. Because it then does become part of a, I suppose, almost an external vision of yourself, the way that other people see you. Because as you said, you know, with regard to fashion and what you're wearing and whether or not a stranger is going to sort of suggest something, I think it's really important. And I want to ask you a question now. How does fashion influence self-confidence, in your opinion, and what role does personal style play in enhancing one's self-esteem? Well, I think if you've got something important going on, a winning outfit is one which is going to make you feel on top of the world. Absolutely. A friend told me recently, if you're in the street and you see someone wearing something, beautiful colour, whatever it is that attracts you to it, actually go and say to them and compliment them. Because, you know, half the time, they've spent a lot of time doing that. And you can make someone's day and reaffirm where they think they're going Mm -mm. with their personal style. But you've enjoyed it. They've enjoyed it. So it's building that self-confidence. It's what it's all about. You know, Mm. I think that the self-confidence sometimes comes from not following fashion and having the confidence to actually be be your own style. I mean, I literally for a couple of decades now have been much more classic, Mm. though, as you know, here at my beach house where we're recording, I'm a bit more boho in a way because it's sort of the atmosphere and it's the ambience and, and everything else. But I feel confident with my own style, but, you know, I've had years to perfect it, let's be fair. Yes. But I really like seeing clients that come to me through masterclasses, for example, about an elegant life or about etiquette. I really enjoy seeing their confidence being built because we don't just talk about things like elegance and fashion, but we talk about etiquette and communication and and all these other aspects that do build self-confidence away from the fashion, away from the style, Mm -hmm. so that you're actually encouraging people to look inside themselves, which is really what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. and see what their own personal style is inside and out. Yes, definitely. Uh, So to wrap up in a way, Chrissy, can I ask you, in your experience, because you've lived in so many countries, how do cultural differences manifest fashion preferences? And also individual style choices amongst women globally. How do, how do you see that? You are literally a woman of the world. You're international. You've lived everywhere. You speak a number of languages. So this was an, a question that I thought was quite relevant, really, because my listening base is very broad. Well, I think we all appreciate that in many countries, societies, fashion is used as a covering for a religious beliefs. And there are many major fashion houses that are taking this on board and they will create uh, ranges for different countries in the world. And so whether it's in one society, you could wear a sleeveless garment. In another society, you need to have a sleeve. Mm -hmm. And so I think fashion does address and cover that styling situation. I would say very well, actually, Mm. in today's world. It hasn't always been that way, but I think really in general now there's so much available mm-hmm. and in all different markets that is covering something for everybody really. 
And I think because of the way that we live so globally, even in our own homes through the internet, and what we see, we're able to see those influences, aren't we? Because I know that a number of the French fashion houses do have different, as you say, different ranges for perhaps their Middle Eastern clients. But what they present in Dubai, for example, (laughs) will not necessarily be the same as what they present in Shanghai. Yes. And for decades, what they presented in Japan is also different. Yeah. That's reading their market. And is that really, that's probably over the last, what would you say, two decades that that's evolved? Because once upon a time, it was just whatever came out of the house in Paris was basically came through was yes. global. Yeah. Yeah, probably two to three decades. Mm. It probably started, in my opinion, yeah. in the 90s, mm. more so in Asia and a totally different market to the yeah. European market. Yeah. But uh, now with the expansion of a lot of the main fashion houses mm. being in all areas in the world. Mm-hmm. So they have expanded their ranges to suit the suit. market. I love seeing this for the generations going forward, that not only, as you've discussed, you know, there's recycled fabrics, there's different use of fabrics, there's all sorts of things. I'd just like to ask you a very short question for the last question. Thank you so much for your time. But as a fashion designer and stylist, what message or advice would you like to convey to women who are navigating their own style journey, whether they're at the beginning of the style journey, the middle of the style journey and mixing things up, or like me, quite comfortable with their style but still wanting to change a bit? Well, I think quite simply, enjoy the ride. <laughs> um, Great advice. You, you may not win every day with your choice, but have fun with what you create for yourself. I think it's visualising, it's opening your eyes, it's it's whether you see it on a book cover, mm. a colour, or anything that gives you pleasure. Bring that into your life. Mm-hmm. And when you're adding a scarf or when you're adding a bag or when you're choosing a piece of jewellery that becomes your signature piece of jewellery, but mm. that, that actually will resonate with a lot of people when they meet you. Yeah. Because it, it's something that brings it together for them. Yeah. So it's really an evolving style. It's taking in the impulses and the influences. And at the moment in our era, it's about recycling and it's about sustainability. Mm-hmm. It's about simplicity in so many ways. And it's not necessarily about labels, but we do all follow the labels to see what they're doing. And then, of course, there's a situation when we have large brands that take influence from those labels. But I would really like to think that the younger generations coming up are going to take away specifically the messages of sustainability, simplicity, yes, cultural orientation, because I think in that way it will be responding to societal impulses and influences oh, yes, as, we, as we talked right at, at yeah. the start. So on that note, may I thank you so much for your time. I will actually mention to our listeners that we have been sharing a glass of champagne because we're recording this actually on New Year's Eve. So to all of you, by the time you're listening to this, we will be in 2024. And I hope that if you are starting to have a look at New Year's resolutions, maybe you've started some or maybe you're actually starting some more because we're well into January. 
Think about your style. Listen to what Christine's had to say. She is absolutely a font of wisdom when it comes to this sort of thing. Thank you so much for joining me today. Your time and attention are greatly appreciated, and I hope you've found our discussion both enlightening and inspiring. If you've enjoyed our conversation and want to stay connected with us on this journey of elegance and refinement, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast platforms. And why not share the wisdom with your friends and family? Etiquette is best enjoyed when it's a shared experience after all. And for all the latest updates, behind-the-scenes moments and exclusive content, be sure to follow the Percy Institute on Facebook and Instagram. And please also do join my Facebook group. It's called The Elegance Club. And you'll get exclusive offers and bonuses. Remember... The pursuit of a more elegant life is a continuous journey and I'm delighted to share your journey. Feedback and engagement mean the world to me here, so please keep those comments, questions and suggestions coming. I love hearing from you. So until next time, my dear listeners, stay graceful, stay kind and may your life be filled with elegance and joy. Thank you for being a part of Manners and Other Matters. Goodbye for now.